Welcome to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, associate producer and Starista's creative copy manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges of the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk to Ray Estevez, CIO of True Influence. He shares how his company leverages intent data for their customers and how he's realized the importance of soft skills in a leadership role. He also spells out the advantages of remaining authentic, no matter the ask. AJ sports an Irish jersey and Vincent wears a dad sweater. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products here at Starista. That must mean one thing and one thing only if I'm on video and if you're hearing my voice it's another episode of the marketing stir oh it's so good to be back ladies and gentlemen first of all who is starista right you know the marketing stir let me remind you who starista is marketing technology company focusing on identity we have our own b2b data our own b2c data we help audiences target that data help you get some new customers taking your first party data enrich it we also can help you serve that data, email marketing. We have a DSP, Adster. We could do CTV. It's a lot of acronyms. I know I'm BJP. Anyway, we can help you. Email me at vincent at starista.com. Joining me on this beautiful marketing stir journey is my fearless leader, my co-host, San Antonio's finest, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Good to good to see you in green as well. Green. Yeah. It's St. Patrick's Day here. It's this obviously is not going to come out on St. Patrick's Day, but we want to let you know what day it is. This is planned. I didn't plan this with AJ. He has this. He has a way cooler, you know, looking green. It's outfit actually on. an Irish uh, jersey. So yeah, it's, uh, I would say it probably beats your. Green it does. Sweater. I just have a dad sweater on. I think you get it at any place that dad shop and yeah a little pop of color here is this shirt unnecessary underneath it it sure is it's a short sleeve shirt it's just there to throw a collar on that's all it is now you know marketing stir listeners and viewers but what's good aj a lot has happened since we last caught up that is true i think since uh yeah it's been a little while since we shot an episode so yeah we acquired vdc uh since we last talked and it's uh Going, undergoing some integration right now and but it is out in the marketplace and we have a new team of 13 people part of Starista now. That's right that's a VDC Venture Development Center you probably already listened to the episode where we featured Matt Stout he is the president of VDC uh, CEO and actually now joined us as the uh, chief strategy officer here at Starista. Yes, exciting. That's because we've just been busy. You know, we're not professional podcast hosts. We also work and have a business here at Starista. Although maybe you're like, you know what? I think these guys are professional podcast hosts. Maybe you say that. Maybe that's just in my head. But, but, you know, we wanted to just continue. We were continuing to deliver great content to you and great guests. We have a first here. I always love firsts. First on the marketing stir here. We have our first CIO. You've, you've heard from a lot of chief marketing officers, CEOs. You've heard of, from a lot of e- chief strategy officers, even 
chief data officers. Part of this is I would imagine I want to get his take on it because I would imagine as a CIO, there is a lot of nitty gritty with the data. So I can't wait to talk to this next guest. Our first chief information officer from a company that we know, that we like. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, CIO of True Influence, Mr. Ray Estevez. What's going on, Ray? Hey, Vincent, AJ, nice to uh, have me on. I appreciate it. This is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> happy happy St. Patty's Day. <laughs> exactly. Happy St. Patty's Day to you, Ray. Ray's calling in from New Jersey. I am here in Manhattan. AJ is in San Antonio. I also qualified Ray first to make sure that he was a New York Giants fan. You know that is a requirement if you are from this area. If you're from New York and you're like, I love the 49ers, I'm like, we can't have you on this podcast. <laughs> But we qualified him on, you know, his baseball team. I won't mention his baseball team that he likes, but that's okay. Um, you know, as a suffering Mets fan, I get it. People like the Yankees. I get it. But Ray, it is so great to have you here. I heard so many great things about you. I know so many people from True Influence, even back in my days at Market Fish, you and I never crossed paths, which is weird, but I'm glad you're here uh, now. So Ray, for those of our listeners who don't know True Influence. Tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Um, you know, True Influence is a B2B, very niche specific marketing company that helps our customers obtain their next customers, right? So we leverage and we purposely use intent data as our main driver. That is our differentiation. And it is extremely powerful to help find the right you know, candidate or buying group that you should be, you know, promoting your product or services to. So that's basically what we are and what we do. And we are very focused, laser focused on that mission. And we do partner with, uh, you know, you guys. So it's great. Um, you know, the, the key here is being able to help our customers grow and uh, uh, obtain new customers. That's the main objective. That's it's very similar to what you guys do. You have you guys offer a lot broader services and products in consumer space, also in B two B. So, but uh, same concept, right? How can we help our customers achieve more success? Yeah, exactly. And and you know, with your focus on the intent side of the business, for those of you listening, intent. You know, if a company is in market for a specific product or solution, that is what you're referring to, Ray. I'm looking for something in cloud computing. That's right. You know, for example, you know, so True Influence would be able to provide that information. So CIO, right? I mean, you have a, a, a vast background in data. And I want to get to that in a second, Ray, about, you know, why you chose data, who, you know, and oftentimes people are like, data chose me. I'm like, all right, well, that's a weird <laughs> thing to say. But anyway, I want to understand what your role as a CIO is at True Influence. Yeah, no, um, for me, you know, my role has evolved and changed recently. Actually, I was uh, hired as a chief data officer two years ago by True Influence. Um, and now I'm focusing more on the technology, the infrastructure. Um, I still am responsible for data acquisition, data relationships and partnerships, um, data quality, but the day-to-day -day operational executions of uh, ingesting and processing the data, that's sort of moved on to a different group, um, more operational in nature. Uh, so. My thing is data governance, uh, securing the data, compliance with all the regulations out there in the marketplace, um, and the technology, right? Making sure that our systems are always available, highly available, redundant. We're in the cloud primarily. Uh, we're spread out 
all over the US and in India. We have a big uh, office in, in Bangalore where we have about 225 employees. So it's a, it's a pretty diverse company and spread you know, globally. But uh, my, my job is to make sure everything is humming, running, uh, operational and, and, and working smoothly. Nice. And what got you into data specifically? You know, your last few roles were very much, you know, working with data, building out the data sets. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I graduated from college and went to JP Morgan. So I thought I wanted to stay in Wall Street, supporting the trading floor, learned a lot about banking and finance. But after five years there, just, I don't know, it just it wasn't exciting to me anymore. I kind of got a little bored and uh, went to a media company, Time Warner. I was there for about five years. And there's where I got exposed to data, right? In terms of building databases, uh, uh, direct mail. Um, at the time, you know, we used to publish uh, booklets that you mail to people's home to buy CDs and, and merchandise and all that stuff. So getting and manipulating data and maintaining that quality of data for, especially back in the days where everything was direct mail, right? The delivery of postal mail. Um, so that's where I got exposed to, to data and I just really loved it. So no matter what change I made in my career, I wanted to stay close to data, still in technology, but supporting a data business and data driven businesses. And it's been like that since, since Time Warner days. I just, you know, love it. So I kind of founded by chance landing at Time Warner, but then fell in love with it and just continued to, to work in a data world. So Ray, you and I met at uh, when you were at V12, a company you co-founded. And obviously for a number of reasons, we were very similar to V12 uh, when we met. Would love to know what the origin stories were and how you got involved in co-founding the company. Sure, sure. Um, I worked for Paul Chachko, who was the CEO and founder of uh, uh, V12 at a company called ConsumerNet. And we sold that company to 24-7 Media back in 1999. So he went off, he took some time off, had another baby, expanded his family. And then like two years later, he kind of reached out to me and said, hey, Ray, I want to do this again. So why don't you come and join me and let's build this company? So we did that in uh, 2002. We started uh, what we first called DataGents. And then eventually in 19... 2006, we merged with another company. We renamed ourselves to V12 Group. So we built that company, grew it um, all the way till about 2016 when we sold and finally exited to Data Mentors. They were out of uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, so we merged with them and we relabeled the company V12 Data. I stayed with them for a few years. And then it was, I think it was just that time for me to find something different. I was there in the combined companies and the evol evolution of that company for almost 16 years. <laughs> Who stays in a company for 16 years? But I loved it. It was, it was a great experience. So, Great. Yeah, some, some great guys still in touch with a lot of them. So. Yeah, Chris Alwine, you know Chris very well, yeah. or all those guys, uh, Jeff Burke, a lot of great guys over there. So you've been at True Influence for two years now. Uh, what's been a personal or professional kind of highlight or shining moment for you while you've been a true influence? You know, I think it was really pivoting. Um, when I decided to make that move, it's, as you can imagine, being someplace for 16 years, it is comfort, 
it, you just don't want to change and you kind of want to stay like, that way. But I finally made a decision, you know, it is time to try something different and changing my role and saw the opportunity to be a chief data officer at that time just sounded the perfect move. The world is moving towards data, data science, data analytics. So it just felt like, wow, this is great. So when I was able to get that role and, you know, help the company grow, it's to me the, the, the shining moment in the last two years. I mean, it's been a rough two years with the pandemic situation. There's been very little to, to be excited about because we're all, you know, kind of locked in at home and things like that. But but the work itself has been awesome. The experience has been awesome. And to me, that's just the shining moment when, when I finally made that decision that I'm gonna cut ties with the old history and start something real fresh and new. And that's that's my moment, I think. And, you know, Ray, you touched upon it, like you said, is a tough, you know, couple of years uh, for, for everyone, right? Coming out of, you know, the, the pandemic, but what are some important lessons that you could share with us that have come out of the pandemic in regards to true influence? Yeah, no, I, I think um, personally, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people say, well, what, what did you learn? What have you gained in, during this period? For me, it's been improving on my soft skills. I mean, to be in a leadership role, you need to have very strong soft skills, but you can never improve them enough. Um, so during this time, I learned to be more empathetic and really listen more and understand people and what they're feeling and what they're going through. I have staff, like I said, a lot of folks in India, some in the US and the challenges of going from a big city like Bangalore back to their village or their small towns where there was challenges with electricity or technology communications bandwidth, um, it presented a lot of challenges for us. So being able to listen and have empathy for what they're going through and adjusting and pivoting to make them successful and make sure the company is successful um, have been tremendous lessons that dealing with this pandemic that no one expected made us quickly react and, and, and respond to what was going on. So yeah, I think empathy, listening, communication skills to me is what I've, you know, I just feel like I have more personal connections with a lot of my staff, so. Hmm. No, that's nice. It was kind of like a, you know, a, a personal thing, you know, not even necessarily, you know, before business-wise anything, it's just kind of, it's a good, good lesson, taking a look at yourself and seeing what you could do better. Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Ray, let's, let's get into the data a little bit here. Yeah, I, I want to understand first, you know, you pivoted uh, where V12 was B2B and B2C data, if I, you know, I recall. Now, yeah. True influence strictly B2B and, 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 and what drew you to that B2B space? Well, V12 was primarily B2C. We did have a, a B2B product, but we were not really focused. That was not our niche. That was not our strength. We were more B2C and we didn't execute well, right? So um, when I was talking to our, my CEO, um, engaging in the possibility of joining, just what he described his company to be and dealing with businesses and marketing. And I, I just found it to be so interesting that I, I felt this is the right type of move, right? So I wanna go into something different. At the time it was less technology um, responsibilities. It was all about the data in terms of bringing data in, making sure the data is quality, making sure the governance um, and making sure that we're supporting our products and our customers. 
that just was very different than what I was doing before. I mean, I had so many technology responsibilities in terms of development and, you know, just the pure IT aspect of it, um, that that was one of the main drivers for me to, you know, take that role. So the data of business and supporting businesses that are selling to other businesses was something different that I had not done extensively. So that, and the fact that the role was a little different um, made me want to make that move. Ray, one of the things I've noticed on your social is a lot of celebrities coming into True Influence uh, summits, you know, Howie Mandel and I think Jay Leno now as well. So how, how did that come about and how is that uh, going for you guys in terms of attendance? Um, you know, I think Brian, our CEO, um, felt that, you know, now that we can't have these company meetings and, and summits in, in public, how can we jazz it up? How can we make it more exciting? How do we invite a lot of interesting people, not only in the industry of B2B and technology and marketing, but, you know, bring a little fun to it so that it's not so cut and dry. And sometimes technology and data can, can get boring for some people, right? So when we have, um, you know, the, the celebrities come on board, they talk about themselves, how they made it, and, and they make a few jokes, and, and they just break, break the ice and make people more relaxed and, and having fun. So I, I think it is um, attracting a lot of people and getting their attention to maybe come in and listen. And in the meantime, they learn more about True Influence, right? Um, and that's, that's really the catch is, is let's bring someone who's authentic, who can tell their story in a different way, completely outside of the business scope and, and, and catch the attention of folks. And then gives us an opportunity to tell our stories, how we engage with our customers, how are we helping our customers, how our products and our solutions have helped some customers. And that's kind of how it's evolving. And this is our second summit. Um, I think there's probably one more plan for, for the remainder of the year. I don't know who, who might show up as, <laughs> as a guest, but Brian is really good. He's got a lot of power and connection, it seems. He's getting these big names, <laughs> so it's fun. Yeah, we had uh, Mick Foley, pro wrestler, better known as Mankind on ours. and. Uh, uh, our employees in particular got a real kick out of it because a lot of them remember him from Hell in a Cell match from 1998. So uh, we and we we didn't announce it. We just said we had a special guest. So only a couple of people knew he was going to be there. And then we had the uh, entrance music play and all that stuff. So uh, I'm sure they had a blast. That sounds like fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Good time. Uh, so, Ray, you've been in the industry a while. In particular, you work with a lot of uh, data. So how have things changed when you're looking at data providers? Uh, you know, when, when you first started, was there as much regulation and were you as concerned as things are today? You know, the only thing we had to worry back in the days was when can spam law came out, if you remember, <laughs> there really were no regulations, no guidelines. It was the wild west of, of data collection, and, you know, scraping and processing. But even early on, you know, I always guided my company to be above the bar, be ethical, be transparent, uh, honor global opt-outs immediately. So we were already doing things that now are part of these laws and regulations and, and requirements way, way early on for, on the consumer side. And it, it, it's made it more challenging for data providers because 
you know, you, you have to abide by these rules. You have to be careful not to forget to do something because there's some penalties that can be very pricey, right? In terms of fines, if, if, if you break one of these laws. So my job is really to focus on making sure that everything is organized, you know, meeting the requirements and the guidelines. We are certified, we do all our audits and that we continue to be well above the bar. So for example, when CCPA came out, um, we scrambled to make sure we were ahead of this. So a lot of people, what they're doing is they're applying those principles just to people who live in California. Why? If you're gonna build the systems, if you're gonna do the process, apply it to the whole country. And that's what we've done, right? So we honor and apply the same rules and principles that governed by CCPA across the US. So now Virginia just, the, law, the governor just signed the law that says, you know, here's our law. It's very similar to CCPA. Well, guess what? We're ready. We're already ahead of the game because we've implemented and we apply all those rules and regulations across the board. Same thing with GDPR, right? We're trying to apply as we roll out internationally to not just what the EU is doing, but a lot of countries are gonna follow the EU as a role model. So we might as well implement and try and apply the similar principles this way we're covered across the globe, so. And, and Ray, you know, to that point, you know, data governance is one thing and I know that you have a strong stand on, but what are some other elements that marketers could look for when choosing a data company? Very good. Me, I've been doing this a long time. And even though I wasn't doing as much acquisition in my prior roles, I was involved with some of the processes and steps of the evaluation of a, of a data provider. What I ad advise uh, people is look at the length of business a company has been, right? Have they been around for one year or 10 years? If they've been around one year, uh, I'm not sure I wanna go to bed with them right away, right? Because I just don't know their practices. Look at their reputation. If they've been around for five or 10 years, what is their reputation like? Are they known as a reputable provider? You know, what kind of customers do they deal with, who they serve? Those are highlights that tell you, this is someone you can go and do business with. Um, you know, so, so to me, those are the things as a data provider that you, know, you need to look at before deciding who to choose. You know, in real estate, one of the things that people say is location, 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 right? In data, is quality, quality, quality. To me, you have to spend the time doing the due diligence, checking out the data, making sure that what is being served to you and promised to you is what's being delivered. Because if it's not, and you can't serve your customers, that relationship is not gonna last. So you have to do your homework. You have to research the companies, make sure they're providing good uh, data quality before you make a decision and test it out, you know, kick the tires, look at it, make sure that, that it is what you're, uh, especially if you can invest a lot of money and make a commitment to a company. Um, these are the things that I advise companies to do. Spend a lot of time researching your, your potential vendors and, and check the quality of that data big time. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I agree. And, and uh, this next question is uh, mainly on, it's on the B2B side. I am in the B2B space, especially the last eight years. So it's B2B data and the clients that utilize it very near and dear to my heart. 
How do you think, Ray, the B2B data usage has changed? The B2B data landscape has changed over the last five to eight years? Yeah, I think it's the type of data that really has exploded around us in B2B. Um, back in the days when we started dabbling in B2B, what was available? Just some real basic firmographic information and maybe some basic demographic details about a contact at a company. Very simple stuff. Well, over the last few years, there's been an explosion of data types and, and services and products out there that you can leverage as a marketer to expand your B2B strategy, right? You have technographic information. You have financial details about a company that is available. And obviously to me, the most important, you have intent. So all these attributes and new elements that are now part of B2B makes it easier or more challenging, but gives you more opportunity to analyze, put these components together to generate better results of your strategy. If you follow the data, like in, in, I always use a lot of analogies and I hear a lot in Wall Street, they say, well, follow the money. And some guys that say, follow the money. Okay, well, in B2B marketing, you got to follow the data. You got to listen to what the data is telling you. So now that you have all this data available, you know, the world has changed. There's more analytics, there's more modeling, there's more A-B testing, there's more trials and errors before you roll out a big commitment of an investment, whether it's in display programmatic advertising, TV, or, or just direct mail or, or email marketing, whatever it is, you have to listen to the data, follow the data, do the analysis, find the targets and the audience that you think are gonna perform well. And if you do that right, you're gonna outperform your competition. I mean, that's why, you know, we have been successful for 11, 11 going on 12 years in business because you know, we focus solely on the data, the quality and making sure that customer keeps coming back. And the only way to do that is to make sure they're su successful, right? So. so Ray, you know, True Influence has changed quite a bit from the first time I encountered them about 10 years ago uh, to today. And to your point, in the early days, there was Jigsaw, Net Prospects, pretty basic, uh, contact information and email type data, which was, you know, we were pretty happy with where things were 10 years ago with just that information. So where do you see True Influence sort of fitting in the uh, B2B niche? Is it, uh, do you want to dominate the intent space or what would, how would you kind of, uh, you had to describe True Influence as kind of one sentence and how you view yourself? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, for us, it's really about innovation, right? And intent is just a tool that is helping us innovate, right? And making our products provide better results for our customers, right? So what we want to do is continue to expand our business and utilizing and powering this innovation to provide better results. So whether it's programmatic, or we, we have a product called Display Base, which is programmatic uh, advertising, and we, at the beginning, we would just ABM list. You load it up. If it matched via live ramp, we do a campaign against it. No real science behind it. Now we're doing a lot more to look at the intent and, and find the audiences that are truly showing 
and timing when they might be in market. And then we run that campaign, all of a sudden, you know, the click rates and, and the conversions have improved significantly because we're, we're applying our science. So what we want to do is continue to expand our customers. Uh, you know, we target the mid-market to the large enterprise. We, we, that's our focus. Those are our customer base. And now we want to expand globally and do exactly what we've done in the U.S., but to the international markets, right? A lot of customers have come to us and say, hey, can you help me with this globally? And until recently, we were not really able to do that. Now we're moving in that direction. We're expanding, we're rolling out internationally. And that's what we wanna be is just continue to be a real focal company that is all about how do we get these big accounts that we've been able to land and keep them long, long term because we're continuing to help them with their marketing campaigns, with their sales, with their efforts, finding that next customer. We don't wanna sell a hundred widgets. That's not what True Influence wants to be. It's very focused, very successful in helping our customers obtain that next customer. And that's, that's really what it is, but we're using data and technology to innovate products that we already have or come up with some new ones occasionally that is gonna help our customers. Andre, since this is a marketing podcast, we always like to ask, uh, you obviously are probably using some of your own techniques for your own outbound marketing as well. And obviously you have celebrities now <laughs> added in as well, but how do you kind of describe at a high level how you guys are marketing yourself because you've created a very nice uh, niche and brand name for yourself? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, one thing that really sold me on this company is, you know, my CEO said to me, we have to be our own best customer. So we're not utilizing our techniques and our products and our data and our services that we offer our customers. Then how can we sell this? Right? So we leverage our own technology. We leverage our own data to target those marketing campaigns. We, we, you know, we have Salesforce, we have Marketo, we do everything that the other guys do. But we do a lot of display advertising. We do a lot of social media advertising. We have a whole program around when and how to uh, talk about our products and services and our events on LinkedIn. And it's, it's, it's tremendous boost because we went from like 5,000 followers to 25,000 followers in about a year. Very focused, very targeted. So we're doing everything that everyone else is doing. We're just doing it a little bit smarter. You know, we're taking our data, we're paying attention to the analysis and choosing, you know, how to spend our money. Here's an example. Talk about COVID, right? Last year, we had a ton of money queued up for seminars, in-person places, webinars, I mean, things that were all over planned because you always have to be out there. Well, the world changed. So we quickly took all that budgeted money and figured, how are we going to spend this wisely in other distribution channels, digital. And that's what we did. And we focus, we change, we quickly pivot. And it's worked, it's worked really well for us. You know, we're continuing to grow. Our company is growing, you know, double digits the last couple of years and continues to. And, and I'm excited, I'm just very excited, you know, that, that I'm helping drive that, that, you know, that vision forward. 
Now, Ray, I always remember seeing True Influence at a variety of different trade shows and events. You talked about your summit there, virtual. Starista did our first uh, virtual summit, which was very successful as, as well. And, you know, talk to me about, were you traveling a lot before to visit, you know, either some of your partners or clients? How do you see that moving forward? Yeah, when I first came on board, I was flying and traveling a lot because I was establishing new relationships with new partners, new vendors. I was meeting the existing partners that were already in place and just kind of getting to know people face to face. And I think there's still a lot of value in that. And I hope it comes back and it will. I mean, I think by the end of this year, there's going to be a lot more travel going back. But I also think it's not going to be the way it was. I think a lot of companies are going to realize you don't need to spend so much money on a huge travel budget. You don't need to go to every single, you know, seminar and conference. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do digitally and you can still connect with your customers more frequently and better than before because of the evolution of Zoom and all these other technologies. Now it's easier to try and establish and keep that connection with your customers. But I think that you know, in-person seminars, in-person sales calls and, you know, uh, business reviews quarterly or you know, annually, those things are still going to be very important is you have to maintain those relationships. They're very important. Like AJ and I know each other for 10 years, but we've never personally met, right? So if travel comes back, I got to find a way that next time he's in New York or next time I'm traveling in that, I try to connect with him and shake his hand and say, hey, this is great. So, it's very important. I think that it's going to come back in full scale, um, but it'll be, I think, a little smarter the way people will make decisions as to how much travel and where they go. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I can't wait till AJ visits New York City as well. It's uh, <laughs> always, uh, you know, a lot of work gets done, but a lot of fun as well. So uh, you being right in New Jersey there, Ray, we'll have to have you over uh, to the office here. I, I got to say, and, just the word shaking hands now, people just uh, freeze up. Or if somebody actually tries to shake hand, which happens a lot in Texas. You're people, right. People, people go in a state of panic. So. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> in New York City, you used to have these people where you this like free hug sign. And it was nice. You're just like, you know what? I could use a hug. And now it's like those people are like, get away from me. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be different. And I think you said two things there, Ray, before where you're like, you know, practicing what you preach or you even heard the term eating your own dog food, right? Just utilizing that to market. And that's what you know, Strista believes in that as well, because we have all this great data and it's like, well, let's, let's promote ourselves. And that's, that's why I think we have so many listeners to this podcast is we put marketing behind it to drive people to our website and to do it. And I think, you know, content now is, is so important. I think because there's, there's not as many conferences or there. Uh, in person conferences, people were just thirsting for that thought leadership or that knowledge or, you know, seminars, webinars that people were having summits. So I think that is, is very important. I think people are going to do it a little smarter. Like you said, maybe it's like an intimate dinner with some, you know, prospects or clients, regional based, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm anxious to get back out there and, and see people in person and, and the conferences. It's over a year now since we've attended a conference. 
So you last know. time I've flown, it's been, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. So it's been right around this time last year that everything kind of, uh, you know, happened. But let, let's take a look at 2021. Let's take a look at True Influence. What are some of the things that you're excited about, whether it's product-wise, service-wise, whether it is seeing people in person? Talk to me about that, Ray. Well, 2021, I mean, there's so much pumped up excitement, ready to just people anxious to open up. So I think the, 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 the thought of going back out there and meeting people, and I, I know what AJ is saying, even though it's gonna take a while for people to get real comfortable with, with shaking hands and hugging, I think people wanna see each other. They wanna talk to each other face to face. And I'm excited about that. I can't wait to be able to you know, go back and visit my, my, my team in India. I was there the December before we got shut down. So I cut it close. So it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but I was in India for three weeks um, and I haven't been back since then because of travel. Um, so I'm excited about all that opening up again and, and sort of business as usual. But more importantly, you know, we have a lot of goals in terms of our targets, our growth, uh, where the company wants to be um, the next you know, 12 and 24 months. So what can I do and what can I help products, the product team uh, develop or enhance in, in, in our offerings to make that happen? So I'm constantly trying to uh, look for new opportunities, expand the quality of our data, uh, the reach of our data internationally. AJ knows I'm constantly looking for more data on the international side because that's, that's something new and that's gonna be a big focus of ours in the next 12 months. So there's a lot of activity going on. And at the same time, you know, I got to do business as usual. Um, you know, we're going through a SOC 2 audit now. We're going to do an ISO 27001 review later this year. So these are a lot of activities that from a technology perspective are important because our customers want to know that we are the best of the best, that we do everything by the book. We are audited. We're, you know, the data is handled properly, is secure. And if they're giving us their customer list or their account list, it's being protected and, and, and properly handled. So all these things that may seem normal or trivial are very important to that success because we've won a lot of business from large logos because we have a SOC 2, because we do this and we, you know, we, we follow and play above the bar. That makes them feel comfortable and secure. And that's what I want to continue to, to, to bring to the market. And as we, as we expand internationally, more reasons to have all this stuff, more reason to ensure they're convinced that we're going to be GDPR compliant and that, you know, they don't have to worry about doing business with us. So those are the things that really have me kind of pumped up and ready to hit the you know, spring. What, Saturday's first day of spring, I think, coming up. Mm -hmm. So I'm so psyched. I'm like, let's go. I'm ready to start. <laughs> Same. Where, where is your office in India? It's in Bangalore. It's uh, next to Golf Links, where they have a big golf place there. It's a Sheraton right next to it. Gotcha. Okay. It's, yeah, uh, our, our office is in uh, Bangalore as well. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love, I, I mean, I've been there twice. The first time I went for a week <laughs> and I realized I didn't have enough time. I didn't get to do anything <laughs> fun. I was so busy meeting yeah. my team. And then the next time I went for three weeks, almost three weeks. So I, I had more fun. I was able to get out and enjoy the sights and do things. And, and I just, I love the culture and, you know, we've made a commitment to 
to India as as our co our co founder is is uh, uh, from from that area, you know. And um, oh, okay, yeah. So so it it it's it's kind of helped us grow and expand more rapidly. So yeah. And I know V12 had a big presence in uh, Romania. Is that some somewhere you went at any point? Uh, no, I never got to travel to Romania, but um, a couple of people who worked for me did. Um, but we did have a lot of outsourced developers there when we were building out our platform. Um, one of the guys that I hired, uh, he's now a CEO of his own company. Um, he introduced us to this outsourced company out in Romania. And we were like, oh, okay. And, you know, at the time, it's a small company. You're looking for ways to build products faster and cheaper, right? <laughs> so that was an opportunity, and it worked well. It, you know, we were able to uh, accelerate our development and our rollout of our, you know, what we call our V12 data cloud at that time. So, gotcha. Very cool. Ray, what have you been up to during the pandemic at a personal level? Have you picked up any hobbies uh, outside of work? You know. I wish I could say yes, but no, I haven't. I, I think the one thing I need to focus on going forward is, is my mental health, right? Because being locked in, I just feel like I want to do stuff, but I always find myself just almost just down and out in a way, right? Because I, I'm, I'm anxious to get out and do the things that I used to do. My kids used to be into sports. I was a little league baseball coach and that was my life. And, and I had a lot of colleagues and friends that I was involved with and things have changed my kids are off to college it's my wife and I mostly so it's become different and I'm I need to find a way to find these new hobbies and interests uh, I, I consume myself with work I read a lot I always stay ahead of the curve in terms of technology and stuff so I think I'm doing a lot more reading than I've ever done and research but that's not always fun right that's more to expand your mental knowledge <laughs> But I want to I want to expand my self being right, and and I gotta find that, and I'm waiting for this to open up to to go out and start maybe exercising more like I used to, go back to the gym, and you know riding bikes and maybe traveling more with the wife and finding some time for personal growth, right, and 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 self reflection, if you will. Um, so yeah, no, I haven't done much. I wish other than reading a lot of reading, I, I've been kind of just felt like totally locked in and just anxious to get out there. You know, it's, it's hard to explain, but that's, that's, that's all Sounds I can Sounds like say. you need uh, some of this uh, red breast whiskey to get going. <laughs> there you go. You're going to have to send me one of those when you get another one. <laughs> yeah, this episode of the Marketing Stair is sponsored by Red, what is it? Red breast? Red breast. <laughs> red, maybe they'll send us more. Years. That's it. If you're listening out there, but there uh yeah, no, but I, I I see what you mean, Ray. It's like a lot of people, uh, we're in the, the Northeast here where it gets, you know, January, February, just in general, just miserable uh, here because it's just so cold. And uh, me as a New Yorker, everything is walking, right? It's not like I warm up the car to go here. It's walking and, you know, taking little kids out. I, I get it. I think the spring which everyone always looks for like a new beginning. I think it's for, it's so many people are looking forward to this nice weather up here, you know, in, in, in uh, Texas, it's in nice, uh, you know, weather most of the time. Um, so you kind of have that outdoors, but yeah, here you get cooped up. So, you know, we, we totally understand, uh, you know, that, 
So, Ray, before we get going, I want to ask you our uh, signature question here on the Marketing Stir. It's revolved around LinkedIn, right? CIO, Chief Data Officer, right? People are probably always pinging you on LinkedIn, right? What's a message that you just hate that you never respond to? You're like, really? How did you get my name wrong? It's three letters. Like, is it that or is it? Uh, and then what's one that a message that resonates with you that makes you say, OK, I will reply. Yeah, let me start with the like. Um, I have a decent connection group following in LinkedIn. It could be more, but I'm very selective in the sense that I just get so inundated with requests to connect. And the thing that I just hate is when they're selling you before they even made a connection with you. Mm -hmm. You're already telling me about your products and services and when can we meet, are you available this day or that day? It just drives me nuts because you don't even know if I'm looking for that product or service. You're already pitching. Instead of how do we connect as two individuals, I wanna learn a little bit more about you, Ray Estevez, maybe through influence, but make a personal connection first, right? So those types of messages that are just immediate sell, 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 I delete, 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 or don't connect with them because it just drives me nuts. Um, what I like, again, it's really people who are authentic. They're real. They're trying to say, hey, look, I, you know, I get a lot of young people who want to connect with me, which is interesting. Why? Because maybe they see, okay, I'm, he's a little bit older. You know, he's achieved a certain uh, level of success in his career. Maybe he can be sort of a mentor or I can ask some questions and they'll come at it from that angle. And I love that because that, you know, what I want to do when I retire, I'm going to go teach at a community college somewhere in Florida just to keep busy part time because I just love mentoring and, and, and teaching the young, the young professionals coming up what to look for, what to look out for, you know, hopefully help them achieve some of my uh luck and success that I've had in my career. So when they're authentic and they wanna make a real connection, that's what I love. I, I'm ready to accept you and add to my, my connection. Yeah, no, I, I like that. We, we agree here, you know, AJ and I were both involved in organizations that help students emerge in this industry, specifically marketing with the DMCNY, Marketing Edge, you know, we've, uh, you know, so we, we agree there. That's yeah, a good, good message out there. You know, it's, it's more about connecting. And if it's students who are looking to learn, I, I, I love that. I love that. Well, uh, Ray, any closing thoughts before we part here on the Marketing Stir? Well, just, you know, Mike, I have two closing thoughts, really. One is, you know, for those business and marketers, I, I advise them to embrace data and technology because that's where the innovation is going to come to improve their processes, their, uh, you know, their profitability. So be open. Data is everywhere now. It's driving everything in our world. So, you know, you want to succeed, go out there and explore and, and try out these new data sets and, and, and really give it a chance. Um, you know, to those young professionals that we talked about or college students, you know, you know, there, there, there was something that I had read somewhere where someone asked a question about, um, you know, what do you tell a student that didn't get into a prestigious university? 
And I, it caught my attention and I was like, you know what, I wanna talk about that. You know, so my final thoughts are to those people who maybe are feeling a little bit down and out because they didn't get into the first choice school or prestigious school, it doesn't matter. You gotta go out there and make it happen. I'm a byproduct, byproduct of the public school system of New York City. I went to public school, CCNY, and I've done okay for myself. I've been pretty successful and I plan on continuing that path, that journey. So prove them wrong. Prove those schools that didn't accept you. You made a mistake because look how successful. Go and start your own company if you want to. There's so many opportunities now. The concept of a prestigious degree from a prestigious university is not as valuable as it was 30 years ago. So I tell them, you know, go out there and explore the world. Push yourself, challenge yourself, keep learning, never stop learning. Those I love that. <laughs> no, I love that. Right. No, thank you for those thoughts. And I always, I always, I, I echo that, you know, that last sentiment there, because, you know, I went to uh, SUNY Oswego. It's a state university in New there York, Oswego. Yeah. And it's, again, it's not, you know, uh, that well known. It's really, it's well known in a school. Look at AJ smiling at me. And it's, you know, look, we, we work harder. It's, you know, I don't have to be from a prestigious school. I'm going to work hard for you and That's we're going right. to make something of ourselves. I love it. I love that message. That's an amazing way to end. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a great time with Ray Estevez. Ray is the CIO, Chief Information Officer of True Influence. Check him out. Check them out. I am Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Have a great one. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.